you're imagining that you have tree roots that go all the way down into the into the ground mm -hmm. and then you're just walking yourself through your body and letting go and allowing anything that you're holding in your body whether it's your jaw or whether it's around your eyes or whether it's in your stomach a lot of people hold things in their lower back and just giving it to the earth who can handle it welcome to the roam from home podcast broadcasting from boulder colorado this is the podcast where we have illuminating conversations with the most prominent experts and icons in adventure, all from the Rome universe. Hosted by myself, Chris Gerard from Rome and National Geographic photographer, storyteller, athlete, and Rome founding member, Corey Richards. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. It's Chris Gerard with Rome. Uh, today, I'm with our friend and co-host, Corey Richards, and a very special guest, Mr. Corey Smith, who is the CEO of Wisdom Labs uh, and was introduced to us by our COO at Rome, Andy Patrick. They've known each other for years, and Corey has spent the better part of the last 20 years aligning purpose, entrepreneurship, and social good to create companies, actually, that have a positive impact on people and the planet. Uh, so we're really excited to have him today to talk a, a bit about mindfulness and meditation. Um, his company, Wisdom Labs, actually provides science-based learning and practices to help improve mental, emotional, and social well-being at work specifically. Um, and he's worked with all sorts of companies like Salesforce and GoPro, Merck, LinkedIn. So we're really excited to have him here today uh, as everybody is now uh, in a whole new realm of work, working from home um, in different ways uh, and trying to deal with the cognitive load that is uh, the, the age of Corona. Um, so with that, I will uh, kick it off and send it over to Corey Richards, uh, our co-host, uh, and Corey Smith to dive right in. Great to have you on today, Corey. That's great to be here. So, first thing I want to uh, just get right out of the way is, um, how do you spell Corey? C O R Y. C C C O R Y. That's is that right? right? That's oh, right. God, it's the isn't it that that's the right way to spell it? That's the <laughs> way. That's. Yeah, I don't know why you need that extra e in there. Yeah, I've never understood the e. I mean, it's just I'm like, well, why does that? Why you know, like why you don't need more? Um, so now that we got that out of the way, and hopefully didn't alienate any other Corys listening. <laughs> um, no, I'm really I'm I'm super curious about uh, well, basically the whole pathway that's brought you to to Wisdom Lab specifically, but where the marriage of because you know it's one thing to be introduced, um, it's another thing to to introduce yourself. So I'm kind of curious that where did the marriage of work and mindfulness come from? Why, like, how did that come into your periphery and then become your sort of trajectory? Yeah, I had two, two big personal events that happened um, that led to that. One was uh, between, I had two early companies, one MediaCast and one WebCast Solutions. And between them, I had a chance to travel around the world and document World Heritage Sites with a team of people for a year straight. And in that process, I got caught in a suicide bomb and it rocked my world in ways I can't even uh, relay now. And, and, it, and I was an entrepreneur and it just made me say, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? What's the purpose? So at a really young age, I had 
this shift in my life to say what I want to work on is something that's going to be impactful and helping people. And then later, as I had some companies that got successful and then got acquired and just grew and grew and grew, and I had a series of entrepreneurial ventures, um, one that, you know, just kept going, we got acquired and then it, you know, then I was managing teams all around the world and I just burned out uh, as an individual. So as an entrepreneur, when I took a step back from that, uh, did a lot of surfing and I lived on the beach at the time. And, um, and what really, um, I just knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur and this life is inherently stressful. And I needed to have tools to, um, to really help. And I had a practice and I had a practice during that time, but I still needed more. And so that was just kind of my personal journey around it. And later it became a way of um, combining what I felt was really needed for me, but also for lots of other people. And that's the conversation I love to be in with people. You know, you find your heroes that are out there that you've read their books and you've been able, now suddenly you're able to hang out with them and be uh, working with them. Um, some of the great spiritual leaders, neuroscientists, and other people that I respect so much. So it's been a real dream for me and um, to be kind of blending the worlds where I feel most aligned. And also in a way, um, and everyone on our team feels this way, um, in a way to serve. Yeah. Because we, we feel like right now it's even heightened, but before this, it was really there too. And so, so that's, that's the short version of the journey that got me to where uh, we are today with Wisdom Labs. I, I, I think I'd get killed by listeners if I didn't just, and you don't have to go too far into it, but when anybody mentions being caught in a suicide bombing, I think just, can you, what happened? Like, what happened? Where were you? Yeah, so um, I don't want to get like, I don't want to, you know, like, I, I know how annoying that is when people are like, tell me about that one thing in life. So I'm just curious quickly, you know. No, no, yeah, I'm happy to. Um, for many years, I didn't talk about it because it was just something I didn't want to bring up. Um, and I just wanted to use it, in the wrong, didn't want it to be used in the wrong way. Right. But, but I will say, um, well, uh, what happened then was I was um, traveling for a year documenting World Heritage Sites with these teams of people. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, it was a, um, one of the first online, um, it was 1997, so it was one of the first online um, uh, web, uh, uh, I guess, media products called Passage, we, uh, it was called Planetary Dialogues, and we were doing a series called um, Passages to Peace. And so we were going to, we were working with the United Nations and uh, UNESCO's World Heritage Center, mm -hmm. just documenting these World Heritage Sites around the world with a lens of who's working together to create cross-cultural peace initiatives. So we were in mm -hmm. Mexico, we were in Indonesia and in Prabhanan and Borobudur, then we went on to Egypt, the Great Pyramids, and then the city center of Cairo. And then we went up to um, Israel and we were in Jerusalem. And we were interviewing people who were doing cross-cultural peace initiatives in Israel. And it was in um, Jerusalem uh, at Ben Yehuda Square. And they just finished lunch in this open square. And this bomb blew up. And I, ran, I, I was with my colleague. We, I grabbed her. We went to, the, uh, to a taxi, rushed her off. But I had my camera and I'd been recording for 
a year straight. So I went right back into it. One, to see who I could help, but two, just to, just because that's what I was there to do was I could be a witness. And so that's, uh, that's what happened. And um, through a series of uh, events of that, later that footage was on CNN and others, I realized that what happened in that scenario was I really wasn't helping in a lot of ways. I was basically CNN got there, got there. If it leads it, you know, if it, if it, if it leads, it leads kind of thing and sold more products. Um, the Hamas, there were three Hamas guys that blew themselves up. There was Israeli soldiers dressed as Israeli soldiers. They got their message out. And um, I just felt like, you know, this is the, this is, I'm kind of caught in the machine. And um, we were there working at looking at cross-cultural peace initiatives. And so that was why it switched for me from something that was just like an event that happened that was a dark night of the soul to something about what's going on here and how is media working and how can I actually make a difference going forward? That's, so, that's super, I mean, that must've been jarring to be there working from a place of like, okay, cross-cultural peace initiatives and then to be caught up in something so violent, I can imagine that that has a way of sort of, as you pointed out, shifting your perspective. Because it doesn't, I guess at some point you're like, well, God, I'm, I thought I was doing the right thing and then here I am at the epicenter of something that's almost the antithesis of everything that I'm, that I'm devoted to and yet, and yet I'm, I'm somehow caught up in the system itself. Yeah, and I think, you know, there are lots of examples of that. You know, at that point, it was the early days of the web, and I thought, well, the web has the, is the way around it. You know, we see right. still, we, we still see this kind of going on, or algorithms that divide us, mm -hmm. um, ads are, are put there, and that's, that's, that's just inherent in the system. Mm -hmm. But I do think, you know, this is a perfect example how the, how the web has evolved and the internet's evolved so that these kinds of conversations can go around where you didn't only have that one out those, those big media outlets. So I'm still quite hopeful around, around what's possible. And yeah, um, I think we have much more uh, ability to, to, to chart our own courses with this new medium. Well, new, um, at least at that point that this medium was very new. And now I think, you know, we're seeing the evolution of it and what's possible. And, and you know, here we are as an example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing right zoom has become like right. the virtual the virtual workplace the virtual hangout place like it's it's kind of wild to see how profoundly that's proliferated in the past three weeks but so did you have a practice and, and when we say practice for people who don't know and and are curious practice we're referring to a meditation practice or a mindfulness practice um, when you were traveling the world, documenting the cross-cultural peace initiatives? Were you already immersed in that world or is that something that came later? No, I was. Um, I was, uh, I, I came to that through a car accident that I was in. And then I, you know, I, I started doing yoga and through that yoga, I got a practice of at the end of the yoga practice, we would sit and just kind of do a brief meditation. Mm -hmm. And that was my first introduction. Um, and actually at that time, for I had a practice uh, that I did every day for 11 years, with the exception of one day. Um, first <laughs> what day. happened on that day? Oh, I was traveling to London <laughs> and uh, I got caught in the uh, time zone. <laughs> I've done that. I get, 
I get so pissed off when I use like a timer and it keeps track of my days, you know, like how many consecutive days and I'm on an airplane and I blow it. And then I've got, you know, I've got like a hundred consecutive days and then I'm, and then it's the ones missing and it starts me over. Oh, it makes me so mad. Yeah. You know, at that point I was ready to give up on it and just be done with it. It was a fun experiment, but uh, I did have a practice, but you know, I think, um, I think it's just a lifetime of finding what fits, you know, for you personally. I'm even seeing now in the last, even in the last five or six months, my practice has evolved to, to certain ways that I find are just really resonate with me and really work for me. So I find it's really interesting how just continuing to, to learn and see what fits. Uh, it's just kind of an unfolding thing. You know, it's just, I think it's not too far from, um, you know, from, from, uh, from an athlete that just continues to go into their, uh, their particular sport or their particular area. And then they just keep seeing, I'm going to try this technique. I'm going to try that thing. I'm going to, I'm going to use this, uh, you know, this surfboard or this bike or this, you know, whatever it is. And I just keep honing it. And mm -hmm. I think it's the same thing for an inner athlete, if you will, you know, how, if you think about it the same way, you've got, you've got fitness and you've got practice, but what's the fitness for your mind and your body and all of that. And how do you, if you think about it with this kind of inner athlete idea, how do you think about that for your, your body, but your, your mental, emotional and social state? And, and, you know, as an athlete, you can't just go in there and try it once and then expect you don't go to the gym and, and, and work out once and expect it to, to work. So you just have to keep working and find your routine and thing that also lights you up, the thing that really resonates with you personally. And so, you know, especially in this time, um, you know, uh, where people are, you know, uh, I think probably at a height of fear, uncertainty, anxiety all around, um, it's really important to kind of try to find that, you know, you know, that system that works for you, you know, the set of practices. See, I mean, that's, that brings me that, so there's all sorts of questions that I have written down and I wanted to ask, and some of them are related to work and how you really, you know, honed in on work in this marriage of mindfulness and work, which I think is important and I want to get back to it, but you just hit on something that was also on this list and I think is also perhaps more prescient. The other day I was, you know, I was reading the news um, and all of a sudden I got sort of overwhelmed by this sensation of claustrophobia, not being able to leave. Um, even if I could leave, you know, I can, I can go outside, I can drive around, but not being able to go anywhere. And, and it was a sense of being trapped. And um, I, you know, I do have a mindfulness practice, um, but I, but I, I started to have the sensation of panic. Um, and I, I'm certain that that's not uh, unique to me right now. And so I'm curious if there's an acute set of tools that you have that you use or that you teach um, for people when they encounter that right now, you know, when they're in, in their homes and they're like, Oh my God, I'm going to, I'm, you know, they just read the most recent shitty article and they're going to go crazy. What it like, what do people do right now? To, to, to help with that. Yeah. Well, uh, small question, right? No, <laughs> it's so prevalent right now. Um, I, I'm Corey, I'm really glad you brought that up because what you did is you gave voice to something a lot of other people are feeling 
And so, you know, and here you are with somebody who's a trained athlete and really gets it and has a practice, but also still gets caught in this and it happens to everybody. So I appreciate you bringing that up and not, you know, just saying that it doesn't, because it happens to everyone. It happens to me as well. And I'd say the first thing, and this is going to sound a little trite, but hang with me, um, is the breathing. The breathing is the number one kind of hack that I think you can bring online immediately. You don't have to be a mindfulness practitioner. You don't have to have a practice. But really what it does is it um, breathing, if you do deep breathing, it activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which is that rest and digest versus the fight and flight. And so um, at the most simple level, when you're feeling that kind of like almost choking feeling, um, if you can just stop and notice it and then do a couple deep breaths, belly breaths, and especially if you can do a breath that has a larger exhale, a longer exhale than an inhale. So if you breathe in and then the exhale is longer. What happens is that tricks your system in order to just say, oh, the system now is uh, calming. Mm -hmm. because what happens if you stay in your mind everything keeps looping and ramping up and you're playing mm -hmm. scenarios oh what if that happens and i'm going to lose money here and my, what about my job what about my business and what about my parents are they going to be okay and all that and it just starts to get into this and then you, then you get the new cycle that starts to come in and feed that same thing so one of the easiest ways to break it is the breath mm -hmm. um and then i you know the other is, um, so that's on a physical level. And, and before we leave the breath, I think I just want to offer one practice that I, I personally just love and I use. I used it today. I'll use it tomorrow. It's a four, seven, eight cadence. So that means that you're breathing in for four, mm -hmm. you're holding for seven, and you're exhaling slowly for eight. Okay. And if you do three rounds of that, it will, it will do the trick of what it is, the hack, you know, to get your body. So you just, you know, you can kind of rely on that. And you'll notice when you try it out that the eight is actually quite a long exhale after the hold. And you, other things you can add on to that if you're going to try this is when, before you even start to bring a nice smile to your face. And when you're holding in that, in that seven, Mm -hmm. imagine that energy is growing and just kind of white light energy is growing around you. And then you're on the exhale, you're sending that out. So you're mm -hmm. almost doing a self compassion kind of thing. You're bringing in that energy and you're sending it out. So there's some, some additions you can try on that, but that, that breath, that four, seven, eight breath has been around for 2000 years. It mm -hmm. comes out of India. It's, it's tried and true. And um, it's not something I came up with by any means. <laughs> Wait, you didn't invent meditation? I, quit, <laughs> CJ, I, thought, I thought that's why. That was I, I thought promise. that's what was happening. Oh, that's what we're. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah. I'm busted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Inventor of mindfulness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's so. And then I think that's really useful for people because so often with mindfulness, um, with meditation, these words, oftentimes the words themselves can. Um, can put people off. Mindfulness, meditation, um, they tend to put people in a, a mindset of, oh, that's woo-woo, that's sort of alternative. Um, and, and I'm sure you've encountered that 
in trying to bring this to businesses specifically. Um, so I'm curious how you, how you overcome that and, and sort of invite people into this thing that, that isn't woo-woo, that isn't, I mean, it really does come down to breathing. What do you, how do you, how do you ease that conversation so people aren't so put off by the, the sort of the alternativeness of, of what their concepts might be? That's a great question. And, you know, we started this business six years ago uh, when it was really literally don't mention the word mindfulness because at Facebook or wherever, or even it's, it's not, you know, you just don't want to go there because it had that connotation of the woo woo and all that. And I, I get it. So what we learned um, is that we start with the science. Mm -hmm. So everything we do at Wisdom Labs is starting with the science. And so one thing I'll, I'll let you know right now, and I think we can probably put a resource to it, is that we have an app called Wise at Work. And mm -hmm. the structure of that app is we have a learning series, and then we have different situations at work and different moods you want to shift. So that's the kind of the setup. But I bring that up because our learning series always has the same structure. It has starts with the science so that you can get it in your head. Like this is what's going on in your brain. And this is, this, is, this is the science behind it and the reason behind it. And then a practice is like, that's when you're in the gym now, right? So you're, you're actually doing your practice and you're trying it on. So we always bring that part so that we deal with a lot of skeptical engineers, for instance, you know, that are at, uh, you know, at Google or LinkedIn and they're data driven and they're not just gonna do something because it's, it feels like it might be anything. Um, right. So they got get the science and then do the practice. And that's, that's the way we do everything because um, it just lands for people um, and, and gets around that, that issue. And what is, I mean, I'm, this is going to be seem like a stupidly big question here, but because the reason we felt like it was so important to have you or somebody like you on is because what, what's recurring right now is the importance of a mindfulness practice. Um, and, and so to make that basic for people um, in the broadest strokes, what is the science behind that? Like, why is that? Why is that happening? Why in this moment of panic, everybody's like, all right, chill out, you know, examine mindfulness, you know, think about these practices why is that happening right now? And what is the science that's, that's behind that? Small question, right? Another one. I just, I just, I'm thinking of different ways that it would be most helpful. I, I think um, it's a lot like these loops that's, that are happening in your head, right? Right. You're, you're projecting out into the future or you're reminiscing about the past. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people probably heard, you know, stay in the present moment. That means you're not in the past. You're not in the future. But what we're doing a lot right now is in this time of uncertainty is we're, we're catastrophizing about what might happen. <laughs> and we're thinking about all these different changing things. My world was solid, supposedly, up until, you know, whatever time. And now things are really getting strange and uncertain. And so that's a natural cycle because it's built into our uh, it's built into our the way of being since we were uh, social animal uh, you know humans working the, working together you know if you if you had to work these scenarios so your your brain is just 
wired that way. It's always thinking about these scenarios and how to protect yourself. And that's a good thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But what happens is if it becomes a scenario where you can't stop it, and it just starts to build on itself, those loops, those habit loops of thinking really get in the way and they amp up your, you know, your fight or flight. And what that does is it, it's sending all of the rescue that you would have if you, if, you know, a bear was chasing you. Um, you know, so your inflammation's jacked all the time and, and, and suddenly that creates problems for your health. So at the most basic level, what, what I think on the mindfulness side of things is if, if you can find a way in whatever way it is for you to pause when that happens, hopefully take a breath there, right? Reflect for a minute and then respond to whatever it is that's happening. At the most basic level, pause, reflect, respond. Now, normally what we're doing in that kind of scenario is just reacting all the time. And you know, when you're in that scenario, your options are going like this, not like this. Mm -hmm. Think of any creative time when you're in flow, you're, you're wide open, right? You have pano view, you're checking it, you, you got everything. When you're in this tight spot, when you were just mentioning Corey, where you're, you're, you were, you know, feeling almost in a little bit of a panicky state, notice how your vision and your set of options start to close down in that state. So your first thing is just, first of all, do that breathing. And then the next thing is to start to give yourself more options by just, just basically saying, I need to be able to not react here. I need to just to pause, reflect, respond. Um, and then I really want to offer this out um, to you all because I have to go through lots of different things and techniques here, and I'm happy to do that. But we literally have created this app just for this. And there are so many resources and I do it in a way that's, that is, we give, we're giving it away for three months. Mm -hmm. So there's no, uh, there's no gotchas and there's no credit cards you have to put in and later you get dinged or any of that. <laughs> it's literally, we're just wanting to give, we're, this is our moment to be of service. Right. And we have some of the greatest, uh, Wisdom leaders like Jack Cornfield on there, a six-part series, seven-part series on difficult situations at work. We've got a 10-minute-a-day series on how to build resiliency from the science mm -hmm. and the practice. Um, a seven-part series by uh, Michael Taft, who's been on our team around um, Anxiety Buster. Seven parts around this. So it's all there and available. Mm -hmm. uh, Wise at Work, uh, Wisdom Labs, and I... I this is a place where you don't want to do any promotion, but this is a time where I really want to just get it out because again, it's not, it's for three, three months and it's all there for anyone just to grab and take mm -hmm. and use and, and play around with different elements that really work for you. You know, I mean, I'm sure everyone finds their own practice. So, and their, their own way. Uh, some people are having trouble sleeping right now. Um, I know I've heard that a lot. And there are a bunch of practices in there to help people just get to sleep. So you can just try on the ones that fit for you. But that's the gift that we want to kind of give right now is just like get it out to people so they can put it into play right now and not have any kind of uh, hooks or ways other than just like get it, you know, use it, send it on to somebody that might be, you know, really suffering at this time. And Corey, we're uh, at Rome. We, you and I had talked about this uh, previously. We're going to, help bring that out to the Rome audience. 
um, with that, that offer of three months, like you said, really trying to bring benefit to your audience and, and the Rome audience, um, to, to bring wise at work, uh, which you can, that's in the app store and all yeah. that stuff. And we'll put that stuff in the show notes for anyone who's curious about it, but, uh, it's really a deep, deep offering of tactical tools that, that you can use right now, as Corey was saying, you know, in anxiety buster, um, what were, what was the cornfield one, Corey? Yeah. Jack cornfield. Uh, he's, he, he, um, he has a book called, um, a lamp in the darkness and it's all about difficulties in life. And so about a year and a half ago, he's an advisor to us. I went to him and asked him, it would, you know, what would be the best, you know, we want something that are the, for the most intense times people are going through. And he said, well, take a look at this book, Lamp in the Darkness. Mm. And so we adapted that book, Lamp in the Darkness, for the workplace. So it has some of the most helpful uh, practices, a seven-part series. And we, we, we entitled it um, Difficult Situations at Work. So it doesn't matter if it's work or not, actually. Um, and one of the things that I think uh, I'll share from that right now that you'll, you'll find in there that I, I'm finding really helpful right now, and this, this could tend to feel a little woo-woo, so I'm just going to call it out right now, but so be it. There's plenty <laughs> of science in there, but right now there's so much flowing through us that we're trying to hold, right? And there's a mental thing and try to unhook from all that thinking, but one of the things that I find is the most helpful right now is to ground yourself. And one way that Jack describes in the second part of this series is really, I think, super helpful for me. And I'll share it now, which is basically, you're imagining that you have tree roots that go all the way down into the, into the ground. Mm -hmm. And then you're just walking yourself through your body and letting go and allowing anything that you're holding in your body, whether it's your jaw, or whether it's around your eyes, or whether it's in your stomach, a lot of people hold things in their lower back, and just giving it to the earth who can handle it. And just letting that kind of flow. So once a, once a day or so, to allow yourself just to kind of ground into that place and notice where you're holding, because we're in this place right now where everything is tightened up. And so that starts to get into knots and where your back starts to hurt or you're holding in your stomach or your jaw is really tight. So just allowing that thing to once a day or more just to have a process where you're actually just trying to just do a body scan essentially and go through your body and release all of that stuff and let it go into the ground. I found it's really super helpful right now. So it's like a, it's like a body scan mixed with a visualization. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly so it. You're, and I mean, I can speak like in my own practice, oftentimes when I'm, you know, breathing and I, and I notice that now I'm okay, I'm now I'm back out in sort of that ether of thinking, like all of a sudden my, my brow is furrowed or my jaw is tight. And, you know, and, and it's, it's amazing how often we, um, we hold tension specifically for me and my face, um, you know, when I'm thinking and then to feel what it's like to actually relax. So that's really, that's actually a really cool uh, I've never done that as a sort of a body scan mixed with a visualization. That's, that's an interesting idea. Is it, I mean, 
What's so so essentially? What I think what we're talking about in, in mindfulness and writ large is is this shift from um, the sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic. So so going from that heightened state of fight or flight back into a rational, logical, grounded state. Um, am I am I am I right in those terms? Parasympathetic and sympathetic. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's okay. the uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I mean, I don't, I, I just want to make sure I'm not full of shit, you know. <laughs> no, that, that, that's it. But, you know, I would say, you know, just like you have a practice, that's just one, one hack to start with to, to get the body so it's, it's cooperating, right? So you're not, right. you're not doing this. The longer term thing is to find a practice and practice meaning some way of training your mind to, to, uh, to be able to, um, get to the state of pause, reflect, respond. Um, Does so. journaling help with that? Like in hindsight, if you, if you, you know, say you have an experience during the day and you, um, you don't respond to it the way you want to, can it, can it be helpful to then at the end of the day, like journal about that and be like, okay, well, here's what happened. Um, here's what I did but here's the reflection that I missed and, and writing that out. Is that a, can that be a helpful process? Absolutely. For, especially for people that like to write. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a great process, uh, a modification of that process for people that don't like to write and are just kind of in their busy mode um, is that when you're laying in bed before you go to bed and, mm-hmm. and you do this when you wake up as well, and you're just, you're, this is a time where you oftentimes play out, tragedies of things Mm. that are coming and and others. So training yourself instead to ask the three W's and even looks that way, the the three W's, which is what went well. Hmm. So training yourself at the end of the day to focus on those things that went well throughout your day, rather than the things that are negative, because we have a negativity bias which some say is three to one is more probably now it's a protective mechanism. And so it, it's a Velcro for all the, neg- all the negative things. It's a protective mechanism, mm-hmm. but it's helpful to know that there's an imbalance between the negative and the positive. The, this, this negativity bias is in, is, is actually weighted against you. So to the degree that you can start to boost up your uh, what went well, quotient of the things that are actually going well, it starts to balance that out, especially important at this time. You may have had one win or you actually were connecting with somebody. Um, you were helping somebody in some way, whatever it was, those are great ways to do it. And if journaling is the way to do it, uh, they could spell the good and the bad there. Uh, great. But if you can also do something where you're just kind of reflecting on these things that are, that are uh, helpful and positive that happen throughout the day, that's awesome. Or if I could ask you about that negativity about uh, bias, uh, what, what is that balance? Because I've heard that, that humans have a negative bias. You know, if, if you have 10 thoughts, what's the negative balance on that? You know, what yeah, does the I science think, you know, say on, on that? I mean, because to, to be able to address it, on that in this idea of pausing and reflecting, you know, how can you get that bias more equal? Yeah. There's different people that, that, that tried to kind of pin it down to like, is it, is it five to one? Is it three to one negative? And I don't know conclusively where that is, but it's somewhere in that range. 
And so you can just know that. And now let's look at the situation um, that we're in. We're at a very uncertain time. We've got, we're, we're, we're listening to the news and the news, as you know, is, is oftentimes, you know, just amping things. We're trying to scan for all the different things that are probably wrong. So I would imagine that we're probably on the higher side of that negativity bias than ever before because our worlds are uncertain. When everything's calm and everything's in a normal state and everything's flowing along, you probably aren't as much heightened in that state. But let's just suffice to say that we're weighted more in the negative. And so um, it's one, it's just good to know that. Uh, this is not just positive thinking. Let's just think better, you know, more positive thoughts. It's actually, this is a it built-in mechanism for us to survive that is still here with us because we're only evolved so much, this body only evolved so much, body-brain system. So, you know, it's there. And so just to be able to start to move it to things of like, wait a minute, am I catastrophizing this thing? Am I projecting out all the things that are going to happen? And maybe one question to ask is, where is all that happening? It's all happening in your brain. You know, that's just where it's happening. It's not happening, actually. It's just a, it's just a vision of what is actually possibly happening. One thing that I've been finding is really helpful is uh, there's a guy named Locke Kelly I want to check out, but he has a great process of just unhooking. So when you're noticing these thoughts that are always going all the time, of just unhook. And then lower to that, that kind of awareness, if you will, down here, out of your thoughts. So that that's holding here. And then that moves it. Eckhart Tolle has a different way of doing it. He would say, concentrate on your hands and feel your hands. It's the same way of moving it out of your head. So another kind of hacks for for getting out of your head and more into your, more into your body. And then if you're in this space, it's not just this localized awareness. It's almost like a wave, you know, the wave is a wave, but it's also part of the ocean. So from that place, you're also just noticing that here's this localized awareness. I'm not thinking it's the localized awareness, but the localized awareness is also the, the ocean itself. So I'm getting a little esoteric on that, but that actually what happens instead of just this whole buzz going on you're just unhooking dropping and lowering it and just foregoing that and just seeing if you can train yourself to bring it to this place and it'll want to snap back up all the time because it naturally does but this kind of idea can you kind of keep it there and hold and keep it to stay there long enough that it starts to to unhook that thinking mind long enough for your body to kind of just relax and then to kind of notice that it's all interwoven and you notice that. Yeah. So I love that I, idea of unhooking. I mean, cause so much of what gets conveyed is about sort of hooking, like getting traction with ideas or traction with your training or, you know, that I think we're, we're trained to move towards that idea of actually like hooking up and, and getting traction on ideas. So that, that just that sense of, I've never actually heard it put that way in terms of unhooking. Um, I think that's a really good tactical tool for, for right now is to try to unhook from the, the uh, sort of onslaught of thinking. And Kotler, uh, we had a conversation with Stephen Kotler uh, on a previous episode, and he was talking about that, um, 
you know, unhooking from, in a way, from media, as you mentioned, media fasting, I think being something that we've touched on a few times, Corey and I have in previous episodes, but right now it's like the onslaught of information that is negatively uh, biased is, is, you know, if it's five to one normally, it feels like it might be a little bit higher than that at this particular moment. Uh, I think that's super, super helpful. Corey, what you, you, Corey Smith, you mentioned that, you know, your practice has evolved. Um, what is it that you, you know, actually are doing right now? You know, when you wake up, how long does it take and so on and so forth? Uh, Corey Richards and I talked about his, his practice um, on a previous episode too, and maybe we can jump over to that as well. But just so for the, for the audience, you know, what is the, the actual approach that both of you guys are taking right now on your daily, daily practice? Yeah, I can, I can go for me. I have a, um, a set of movements that I do every morning. Um, it's kind of a combination of, um, uh, Qigong, Tai Chi, Aikido movements, but I also, uh, and then I sit and, and meditate. Um, but the thing that I was referring to was a combination of things that I'm playing with right now. The things that I mentioned before, I can, it's a, it's a really quick thing that I've been doing throughout the day. I've mentioned a few of them. So if you, if you, you know, my, again, this is my personal practice, not necessarily something you'll find on the app, but I'm doing one thing is I know you notice how your shoulders keep getting, you know, like this all the time. And especially as we're doing phones, I'm doing, I start with up, back and down so that opening re- opening your chest opening just- your chest that reminds me to do this unhook process mm-hmm. so i'm just doing this unhooking i'm doing the lowering right i'm doing that kind of thing and then i have this i have this acronym that i've been using for years it's called grace so grounded so i use that grounded thing that i mentioned before where you're mm-hmm. actually feeling roots down um Relaxed, so that's where I'm kind of letting that kind of float through all the way down, that body scan, visualization we talked about. Aware, that's where I'm noticing the awareness, not just, uh, that's the A, is the aware of the grace. Uh, The awareness, not just this localized awareness, as I mentioned, but this all 360 awareness, if you can kind of think about a 360 view, um, because it's, it's, it's not just this part, you're part of an interconnected whole. And you're, you're, you're noticing that. Grounded, relaxed, aware, centered. I touch right here. Like I notice b- blow the belly button at Dentian. So just to ground myself, right? Just to notice that because I am physical in here. And then energized. And then I go to three-part breathing. I do this, this three-part breathing that I mentioned before where I'm doing the in-breath. For four, I hold for seven, imagine this energy, smile on the face. Seven, and then exhale for eight slowly and give it away. Six, seven, eight, that kind of thing. And I repeat that three times. And I can do that under five minutes, that whole, that whole scenario. And I'm finding it has this kind of Swiss Army knife quality to it. It's got a little bit of everything. It's got the hacks in there. It's got the things that are ground me. It's relaxing my body, but it's also putting me in a state of, um, 
uh, of rest where I'm kind of in the orient this, I, I find the supreme orientation that I try to take after I do that is rest as loving awareness. I mean, I know that loving feels really mushy and all of that. So I try to stay away from those words, but it's kind of the, the supreme kind of thing, you know, R-A-L-A mm-hmm. as loving awareness because the orientation is you're just relaxing into what, what is coming right? And what's around you. You're not going after it and you're not reflecting against it. It's just rest with this kind of loving awareness, if you will. Again, I I always kind of cringe when I hear that word because it feels so squishy, but that's, that I find is the, is the orientation. And we need more of that right now. Like, um, so anyway, that's my practice. I don't want to take too much time, but that's, I try to do that two or three times a day and you can actually do that without anyone even knowing it. You know, yeah. you're, just, you're just doing this and then you're just kind of there and then you're just walking through the race, you know, grounded, relaxed, aware, centered, energized. You're taking the three breaths. Then you're just kind of kicking back and just noticing, oh, wow, okay, just rest, you know. I don't have to do anything in this moment. It's all happening. It's, it's good. I'm, I have this kind of – so that's my – that's my set of experiences. I think that sounds like an excellent <laughs> one for uh, – it's evolving. Uh, yeah, the next conference call you're on. Um, you can sneak that in and still yeah. <laughs> still seem like you're totally there just, but you're just in resting, uh, resting and loving awareness. I, I like it. And Corey, you mentioned Corey, Corey Richards, you mentioned, uh, that you, you're doing a daily practice that I think you've had, you know, certainly before this, but that you've been leaning into it quite a bit as well. So my, my practice, my, my daily practice is um, I try to make this, as simple and as um, digestible as possible for, for, for myself, because I found that when I try to adhere to any sort of rigid um, process, it, it actually puts me off from it. So what I do is I have a, a meditation timer, but you don't even need it. You can just use your timer on your phone. Um, and, First thing in the morning, when my body is awake, when I know I'm not going back to sleep, I'm not in that half slumber. First thing, I I start the timer. Um, I don't look at news or check text or anything like that. I just start the timer, and mine is set for 20 minutes, uh, and I simply focus on my breathing, and my thoughts will go all over the place, and and I'll notice that they're all over the place, and sometimes I use a little. Um, when I notice I use the word thinking and that brings me back to my breath. Um, you can start by focusing on your, just your out breath. And, and then as you, the more time you spend doing this, um, you can start trying to track whole breaths uh, in and out and just stay with that as long as you can. And the, the thing is, is you're not going to, you're never going to be free of thoughts. That's not what this is about. The practice is for me noticing that I'm thinking. And when I notice I'm thinking, the exercise is bringing myself back to the breath. Um, and, and then I do that again a second time, sometimes even a third time throughout the day. So there's no, um, it's really nice to hear Corey's technique because it adds so much more uh, articulated practice to it. Mine is very basic in that I am simply taking time to breathe, but notice the breath and notice the um notice the practice of thinking and bringing it back to the breath. Uh, and, and 
for me, and I, and I think actually this is more of a question for Corey, what is the, what is the level of consistency that, um, you know, a lot of people right now, myself included, feel this sense of anxiety. Uh, I have a practice. For those people that don't have a practice right now, um, obviously the immediate breathing practices give immediate relief, but what's the benefit? You know, how much benefit do you see um, after, and how long does it take? Uh, for people to really start feeling that benefit? Is it is it two days? Is it three days? Is it nine days? Um, I've heard all sorts of different things. I'm just curious to get your, your, your opinion about that. How long does it take to really start to feel um, and notice a difference in your life when you have a mindfulness practice? Yeah, there's a, there, first of all, I want to say, Corey, I love your description. I think that is just really helpful and solid for people. You know, Thanks. yeah, no, it's great. I mean, <laughs> no, really. I mean, just you're it, at the most at the most basic level. You described it beautifully of just noticing your thoughts, and then letting them go, and then coming back to your breath. You just yeah. described that so beautifully. So I think that's going to be really helpful for people just to try that. It seems totally doable. Then the question, you know, like how long do I do this? Well, uh, we know this about habit design. Just what's the smallest increment that you can get started with? Can you do it for a minute? The other mm -hmm. thing that I love that you said there, and I've heard almost everybody that um, has done this, and I certainly um, do it as well, is first thing in the morning. You know, uh, you get up, you pee, and then you do your practice for a few minutes before anything else starts. Mm -hmm. So um, don't that that just preserves that time. Do you think it's best in the morning? I mean, it, we hear that all the time, of course, with exercise. And, but is that the, is there a recommendation to, to try to get it done first thing in the morning? I think the only reason why I know for me, I wouldn't have been able to do my 11 year stint if I didn't do it in the morning because your day just is so, is so crazy at the end of the day. You don't know what's going to be happening, but you know, you're going to wake up and you can afford what today I can afford five minutes, right? Um, mm -hmm. Tomorrow, I hopefully will go to 20. Uh, but I think the main thing is for people that don't have a practice, don't, you know, don't get too worked up about not having something. Uh, and don't try to take on this big thing. You know, just do what Corey said and just basically sit for a minute or two or five and notice your, notice your, think, your thoughts and don't expect a lot to happen. It takes a while. And actually... There's a lot of reports of people who do practice for a while that it, it's even harder for them in the beginning because what you're first noticing is that, wow, this is pretty crazy town in here. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And that actually is like, well, okay, that's a, that's a thing where you almost feel like you're going backwards for a minute. Mm -hmm. But it's like any practice or any athletic thing. It's just that it, I love that kind of analogy of an inner, inner fitness or fitness for the mind, you just have to keep practicing and think of it as reps for your mind. So every time your mind wanders, you just bring it back and bring it back to your breath. And so they, you know, a 10 minutes a day for uh, eight weeks is, is a really solid, you know, kind of, uh, you know, often referred to number, but it does, that's another one that kind of moves around there. That, that, and I hear, I hear all kinds of different things, but suffice to say, the main thing is consistency. 
Mm-hmm. If you only do it for two minutes a day and you do it for, you know, two weeks or three weeks or four weeks, great. As opposed to I did something for 20 minutes this week for one day and then I did it again for 20 minutes over here. Just do what you can do and, and do what feels right to you. And there's all kinds of guides for that. Um, people that are in the beginning, um, I do recommend, I did this, um, to, to get somebody or something that you find this practice that you can use, find it on any apps, ours or others, uh, or just, you know, do what Corey suggested. If you're, if you're feeling up to it, don't do the guided and just notice your thoughts, which is, which is kind of clean and nice because you don't need anything for that. You can just you do it. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's interesting to me the the what I've noticed uh, in my practice is like you said it's it's all about consistency and that's the same thing about exercise and I love the analogy there that they are you know it's great to go to the gym once a week and there's there's plenty of benefit to that um, but you're not going to get the results you want you're not going to be a quote unquote you know athlete if you're going once a week. Um, so I think, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in that. I mean, wisdom that that's funny. So wisdom labs is really work focused. And I I just want to take a, I know we're almost out of time here, but I just want to, a lot of people are working from home right now. And that has to be a crazy, like, I mean, I know I can't go to my office right now. And and I know that's upsetting because I'm like, well, shit, now I'm going to do the dishes or now I'm going to mop. I haven't mopped ever. Why am I mopping now? You know, like all of a sudden I'm at home and I know there's plenty of resources on Wisdom Labs and um, on the app, but, but is there, is there something that can, this is something I struggle with all the time. How do I fucking focus when I'm trying to work from home? Like that is like, I'm, I'm just blown out. I don't, I don't get it. Well, um, you know, the thing that occurred to me when you said that was that, um, that you're blown out and a lot of us are blown out right now. And that maybe the thing uh, to do is, is actually just to kind of allow that to be the way it is and to kind of go with it for a little bit, because we have a tendency to, and I, and I myself, and I've been working really hard because we're kind of in the service mode to get this out. But the faster, if we, this is an opportunity for us actually just to pause for a minute. And, and when you're feeling like a little bit blown out and you feel like I don't have it, maybe, and I especially would say this because I love it, but people that are listening here, like get out into nature for a bit. And, and it doesn't have to be, nature with a big N, you know, can just be a walk around the block and notice, you know, notice that because if you can get into any little bit of a nature, nature spot, um, it does have to work for you around all this mindfulness, you know, it kind of, it kind of is the right thing. It helps us understand we're all so interconnected and all that. But, um, I, I almost, yeah, I think it's like almost a counter thing to what you're saying in a way. It's just kind of go with it and accept it and allow that to be the way it is. Because I think a lot of us could use a bit of a break if you have a moment for a minute mm-hmm. and just notice like what is coming up for me? Why am I so blown out? What, what's, what's, the, what's, what's the thing now? How do I address that? And then, then later, you can be more focused once you've kind of addressed that and, and, and allowed that to happen. Some of us have more time now than ever before to, to, to allow that to happen. Some of us are busier than ever. So 
you know, it has to be smaller hacks. So mm -hmm. that's, that's just what, you know, is up for me on that. That's interesting. Just let it be. It's kind of like the, yeah. it's, that's, I think that is one of the hardest things for people to do in terms of their mindfulness practice. This moment that we're in just simply letting it be is, um, it seems so simple, but it's an, it's an extremely tall order and it almost takes more discipline than doing. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, there's a, there's a person I would point you to anyone here as a resource is Tara Brock has a process of uh, rain and, mm -hmm. you know, recognize, allow, that's the allow part, just allow the whatever's happening, uh, investigate and then nurture. She's got all kinds of stuff online, but that, that allow she speaks to really well. And the, the, the wisdom behind that from her perspective is basically, you know, that is the way just if you're always pushing something away or medicating it or doing whatever it is, you don't allow that thing to be there. And so allowing it, it has some information to give you. And so you have to be quiet enough to hear what it has to say. And so that is hard because it has, you know, it's like it, we're so conditioned to just go the next thing. But Anyway, and that is a that is a theme that keeps coming up right now, especially that fact that we are all um, forced, whether we like it or not, to a degree, to be spending some more time with ourselves. Uh, and when you have major sports are shut down, uh, that's a distraction, a lovely one if you're a fan, but it's still a major distraction. Um, you know, even our, some of the outdoor activities, Corey and I have talked about this a little bit are, are shut down. Um, and we, we noted the fact that, you know, in Colorado here anyways, that, uh, the liquor stores and the dispensaries are still open. Um, you know, that in fact, they tried to close them and it, it created such a uproar that they said, Oh, hey, we made a mistake on that, which is to the, to that point about the, the need I think for so many of us to find distraction away from that moment um, of, of going a little bit more inward. Um, and so this is, this is a great time to, to explore that a little bit as so many of those distractions have been sort of forcibly taken away. Um, so, and I think that's sort of at the, at the root of, of so much of this conversation. And again, the reason we wanted to have you on today, Corey, and, and hopefully you'll come back on, again, as we go through this and, um, was that, that this just keeps coming up with all of our guests, you know, um, a practice, a daily practice, uh, around mindfulness and, and meditation, however, um, woo woo or non woo woo or scientific, you want to sort of categorize it, but this has been really, really helpful, I think. And, um, I just want to call out the fact that, you know, you at, at wisdom labs and why is it work that you can go and download that. And Corey and his team have offered that for, did you say three months? Three months. Yeah. yeah three months. Um, you know, to, as a, as a, as a tool, we, you mentioned some cues like getting outside and, and nature being a cue. I, I personally find having a, an app is a helpful cue, um, to sort of get a, you know, get your, um, daily sort of streak going. You have a, an idea of what you've done, what you haven't done. That's helpful for me in any case, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to team up with wisdom labs here at Rome and try to get that out to all of you. Um, as again, it just keeps being a really prevalent theme around, um, how we are all individually 
getting by right now. So, um, yeah, Corey, Corey Richards. Uh, I just have ahead, one Corey. more question. So we've got Wise at Work and Wisdom Labs as a resource, but I'm just curious, Corey, do you have any books um, that you like three or four books that you would recommend to people who are curious about this, that are accessible, you know, reads that, that can sort of introduce people to this world if they're, you know, if they, if they want to dig in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's an awesome teacher uh, that I would recommend any books are quite accessible. Um, Pema Chodron is her name. Yeah. When things fall apart, it's like yeah, it's there's, my there's, Bible. No, exactly. <laughs> she has another one, which is uh, being uncomfortable with uncertainty. Uh, let's see. She's got this one too, living beautifully with uncertainty and change. She's kind of the master, if you will, about uncertainty. And we're in an uncertain time. Tara Brock has just written a new beautiful book um, called Radical Compassion. We didn't even talk about compassion. It was something I think is 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 so important right now. But um, I would I would recommend uh, anything from Tara Brock. Jack Cornfield's always solid. Um, if if people lean to the science side of things mm-hmm. and uh, want to move and kind of move in that direction, um, uh, anything by Judd Brewer that's out there. If you look up Judd Brewer, Doctor Judd Brewer, he's a he's a master of uh, kind of unhooking habit loops, you know, mm-hmm. so if in habits and all of that sort of thing. Uh, those are some books that I would bring up. Uh, Michael Taft has a great book called um, The Mindful Geek. So again, for people that are just like, don't give me any other, just like, give it to me straight. This is mm-hmm. you know, what I need. And then uh, the last one I think I'll recommend right now is uh, Mark Coleman. Um, wrote a recent, his most recent book is from suffering to peace. Mm-hmm. But Mark Coleman, I think, is somebody I, I love to introduce to this audience because he teaches in nature and does nature retreats, silent kayak retreats, and other things like that. And you know, he, he uses nature as the mechanism by which he teaches. He has a whole program called Awaken the Wild. So he's a teacher that people that love outdoors and nature will probably resonate with somebody like a Mark Coleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are a few resources that are new books that are out um, that people can grab. And probably right at the top of that list is Pema because this is the, she's built for this time. <laughs> yeah. She's the prophet for this time. It's well, absolutely. Pretty great. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, awesome. Well, Corey, thanks so much. And again, I, I echo CJ. I hope we can have you back on in a longer form at a different, you know, when things sort of, uh, I'd love to dive into to more of what you're doing at, you know, Wisdom Labs and why does it work? But I think today just getting people, again, thinking about mindfulness is so, so important. So thanks for, thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. It was great to be with you guys. It really was. Thanks for listening to Rome from Home with myself and Corey Richards. If you like the show and you want to check it out over on romemedia.com, you can see both the video and the audio, plus the show notes where anything that was referenced in this episode, Google search, book, movie will be listed. And if you really like us and you want to leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or any of the places that you listen to podcasts, we would appreciate it. And join us next week when we're going to talk to more icons and experts, prominent figures from the world of adventure here on Rome from home. Thank you.